Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, guys. How are you this week? I hope everything is going well. I'm very glad to be back with you. I'm excited for this episode. I think a lot of you have requested this. Um, I've been hearing from y'all for about a year now being like, can we get some tax advice? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this subject just makes me cringe. But we need it, right? We need it for our for our small but mighty businesses and maybe some not so small <laughs> and very mighty businesses. Um, so we are going to enjoy this. And I'm going to, the wonderful thing about Sarah, uh, who you will meet here in a minute, is that she's going to keep it very simple for us, very palatable and give us some actionable steps. So in a moment, we will get to that. And I am, I'm looking forward to it because she is a doll. But um, in the meantime, I have been hearing from so many of you lately. You need to know how much this fills my cup. Like you guys, when you DM me and email me, it tickles me pink. (laughs) And um, the success stories are getting so exciting. I've been having to like make big changes to my website to make space for like the wonderful testimonials you're sending in. And I love hearing about how just listening to the podcast is making a big difference for you. And then I am loving the feedback I am getting on the Etsy SEO workshop that I dropped last month, um, which is a shorter course that just teaches you how to um, set up your listings so that they have really strong SEO. That's how you get your listings seen and sold is to have the right keywords. So that's been really fun. You know, you always wonder when you like put out something new in the world, like how are people going to find it helpful and effective? And so your feedback has been wonderful about that. And I'm excited for those of you who are still going to jump on and take advantage of that. And then, um, the shop reviews have been fun. It's been it like I didn't know how I was going to feel about just kind of like getting your questionnaire and your link and then going in and going through your your shops without talking to you face to face. Like I'd always done the Zoom, the one on one Zooms before, but it's actually going really well. And I think like you know you guys are are really been thorough on the questionnaire, so I I know a bit about you and what your goals are, and um, it's been so fun putting those reports together and then like seeing you get excited about the possibilities. Um, so yeah, if you guys hadn't heard yet, I did, when I did the um, questionnaire, I did kind of a survey last month being like, okay, I'm coming back from maternity leave. I have a limited time. I am i can't do it all, but um, what do you, I put out a survey like asking what service was the most important and like overwhelmingly, I mean, something like over 90% of you were like, we want shop reviews. And so I, I boldly released that <laughs> product service, I should say, more of a service, and y'all have boldly taken advantage of it. So um, those are fun and they're going well and it's just great. It's great seeing what you're doing and being able to make a lot of really specific um, suggestions to get you to the next level. 
So that's kind of like the update on my end. And I hope you're doing well. Keep sending me your updates. I, I love them. And I love, you know, being able to share your testimonials with others. Like now the website's got some new ones. I've got more I've got to add. Um, you guys can go take a look and see how people are doing. But let's get into today's episode all about accounting and numbers and making sure that we are doing what the government tells us to do for our taxes. <laughs> so today I brought on um, an expert and she is an accountant. I'm going to tell you all about her in a second, but um, I I love her because she can kind of break it down more simply. She is such your just like everyday sweetheart girl. Like there, she's a very very kind, wonderful person. Um, I also find her very interesting. Like she's kind of got a, she's kind of got like a funny side to her, um, and she kind of she actually really kind of called me on it because I definitely had in my mind what I you know what I kind of thought an accountant would be like, and she is not like that at all. Uh, she's definitely, she's very good at what she does, but she's got the creative side to her. And that felt very relatable. It made it more palatable for me because usually like if I was listening to someone else's podcast and there was an episode about accounting, I'm your girl who is skipping that one. <laughs> so um, I felt like Sarah did such a good job of making this palatable. So let me tell you about her. Sarah is the owner of Marish Bookkeeping a bookkeeping and CFO services agency serving creative entrepreneurs who want to grow their business into a sustainable one that serves their quality of life goals by allowing them to focus on parts of the business they love rather than the accounting. Yes, sign me up for that. She has helped clients get organized and embrace the numbers side of their business, combining data and intuition for ultimate aligned decision-making. Sarah is the host of the Profits Affogato podcast, where she gives inspiration and actionable tips to make the numbers make sense in your business. So she is going to share everything from just like beginner tips and what you need to know about your taxes, like 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 really helpful stuff if you're just getting started. And then she's going to be sharing some um, more strategic insight a little further in the episode. And then what's amazing is like she has resources, free resources, paid resources. She can be your, your accountant. Uh, it's I'm really excited that we have this resource in our back pocket. Like she is for sure going on our resources page because it's just, this is something that we all need, whether it's like the freebies or it's, we need to hire her. Um, I'm excited to have a referral for you guys now. So enough of all that, please help me welcome Sarah to the podcast. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited me. because... Uh, to be honest, um, I need people like you in my life, like really smart people who can deal with numbers. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen, do you ever see Step Brothers? It's so crude. I saw it back like in college when I did not have morals or values like I do now. Um, but you know, and they're like, they're like, do we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm super excited and I'm, I'm so grateful we get to have this conversation. Um, I, I guess we'll just like launch right in. If you're if you're good with that, I I really want to hear because like I'm yeah, just like sitting here. Definitely. I want to know more about you. You know, I've gotten to hear a little bit, and I want the listeners mm -hmm. to know. Tell us a bit about your story. Like, <laughs> I I personally need to understand how one chooses to go into numbers for like a living. Um, well, don't get me wrong. I I don't mean it. I mean it like so respectfully. Like I have so much admiration <laughs> because you just like ask me to do a simple equation, and I'm like no. But I would love to know how did this become a passion for you? How did you get into accounting? Let's start there. Okay, yeah. Sometimes I don't even know how I got into <laughs> it. <laughs> um, growing up, I, I seemed to like lean more to the creative side. I was very big in music and a definite band nerd through high school nice. and all that. Um, and my mom was actually an accountant. And she went back to school when I was in elementary school, so like third grade or something. 
And I remember her studying for the CPA exam and I would be like curled up next to her at night looking at this gigantic book full of numbers and equations. And I was just like equal parts of like, wow, she is so smart. And wow, I would never (laughs) want to do that. (laughs) And yet as I grew older and kind of appreciated more about it, um, I just kind of fell into it and ended up really enjoying studying in college and, um, you know, went kind of the normal accounting route of getting my master's degree and CPA license and starting in public accounting and worked in tax for about 10 years. And um, there was definitely a lot of creativity missing from my life for that period. Um, I wasn't playing music anymore. I wasn't, um, I was working a lot during, you know, the, the busy seasons with the deadlines, they get a little stressful sometimes um, when you're in that a public accounting, accounting life. And so, um, you know, then lockdown hit and all of our routines turned upside down and just was a really good opportunity for me to reevaluate my life and even like my day-to-day schedule. Yeah. And think what's missing, like, what can I add back in? Because I still loved accounting and, um, but just needed more of a balance and more honestly creativity and like starting my own business has been like the ultimate in creativity. And of course I'm back to playing music and stuff like piano and, Um, I rented a marimba for a few months and just like little things that I used to do as a child, bringing that back into my life. I love that you were so intentional about it. You know, we always hear these stories about, I mean, pretty frequently of people who just changed everything after 2020. Like we were all forced to sit with ourselves there for, I mean, not those of us who had little children, Mm -hmm. which you, well, you did, but I guess you, but you're an organized human being. I was going to say those had children. We did not have time to sit with ourselves. (laughs) There was no boredom. Um, But like I, I, I don't know that I've actually had right here on the podcast, like a live, like reconstruction story. Like, oh yeah, I totally revamped everything. I mean, we all made some changes, but that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I had a six month old at the time. I'm not really sure what I was thinking, but I tend to kind of go all in on these things, even when the timing is a little bit. Okay. Nuts. Yeah. But you only had the one and six months, they're still napping. Um, not completely mm-hmm. mobile. Like you can put them in a playpen. <laughs> We've got that's that is amazing. Okay, and also your answer sort of uh sort of answered my follow-up question because I was wondering how um <laughs> like how you were drawn to the creative entrepreneur. Like I feel like that's a choice. I feel like working with us is a choice, mm-hmm. you know. Um because we are a lot of times all over the place. Like yeah. So that, was that just totally because you had that creative side to you or is there more to it that you were like I really want to help these folks or Yeah, I think a lot of it was seeing myself in that person. Like that could have easily been me had I not studied accounting. You know, I definitely have that creative side of me of like the disorganized kind of like um, spontaneous (laughs) part of me. And it's so it's so interesting because everybody wants to put you in a box, right? And like accountants are like the type A organized, and like some of those things are me, but some of them aren't. (gasps) Tell me more. And so it's. (laughs) Oh gosh. I guess comparing myself to my mom, because that's, you know, who I kind of looked after for all of this. She was very type A and organized and neat and tidy. And like, I've never been a tidy person as like a child, even growing up. Um, And so, yeah, it's just like having both parts of those. Like, I appreciate the organization accounting and like my work, you know, is obviously very like organized and tedious and, you know, clean. But um when it comes to life, like I just, I have both parts in me. I, guess. I love that. You just like, that's such a good point. You're, I have never talked to 
an accountant who wasn't the type A. But I mean, like that makes total sense because some of some of the creative entrepreneurs, I'm not one of them, but who listen are extremely organized. Like their creativity is off mm-hmm. the charts and they make these beautiful artistic things. But like their life is in order, you know, and I'm just like, you can't come over mm-hmm. until I've had three days to clean, you know. Um yeah, that's me. <laughs> but that's also pet. Or my friends just know me now and they know. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm like, it's cool. Um, we've got the little robot, or litter, we do have a little robot for the cats, but I was thinking of the robot that vacuums. Um, we have one of those. I can't remember the name of it because my daughter named it Boss. So we just call, we just always called it Boss. <laughs> was not going to register. So but like, yeah, I need all the help I can get. Okay, that makes me feel so much better. Um. Gosh. Okay. So I love that. And I also love thinking about you curled up next to your mom and part of you just being like, absolutely not. And then, (laughs) and then like, I I kind of feel like the same thing happened to me. I totally railed against my mom being like, you should go into sales. And I was just like, I'm never doing that. And I mean, I didn't, but I do, I'm like this marketing person, you know, I love marketing. So sometimes they, even though we, we don't want them to, they know us best. That's really sweet to think about. (laughs) Yeah. So do you think we could like pick your brain a little bit about some of the accounting things that we need to know for our businesses? I don't even know what to call them. I'm just going to call them things, just accounting things. Okay. (laughs) I I think um, one of the biggest questions we probably have in our, in our little creative spaces is like, what are some of the key deductions for our Etsy business, specifically Etsy sellers that we should be Mm -hmm. taking advantage of? Because my guess is like, they're not all obvious. Right. Yeah, they're not. I mean, some are more obvious than others, like software subscriptions, um, like, you know, website costs and things like that. Of course, Etsy fees, processing fees, things like that. Materials to make the goods, of course. Um, Some that might be missed or uh, is the mileage deduction. Um, Anytime you're driving to get supplies to or from the store to or from the post office to mail out orders, I never did that. um, You can keep track of your mileage. Yeah, and it's um, for 2023, so we're recording in February, it's 65.5 cents per mile. So, like, you know, those little trips might seem easily to track throughout the year, but they really do add up, you know? And um, yeah, so that's definitely one of them. Um, Home office deduction. So, um, you know, if you're, um, part of your home is used regularly and exclusively for business. Um, you know, just be very careful that it is exclusively for business and it's not like, oh, you know, it's like I work out here, you know, and like sit on the couch and run my office or uh, my business. Things so if like you that. work in your bedroom, like um, if you have like a workspace, could you just figure out what that square mm-hmm. footage is? Or Okay. Yeah. So if there's like a little corner of your bedroom where that's, you know, the place that you work and you have your desk set up, yeah, you can take that little corner and, you know, calculate the business square footage out of the entire square footage of your house. And, um, you know, once you calculate that, you have like your mortgage or your rent, your utilities, things like that. That's, you know, a small business portion, which again, might not seem big, but it can add up. Um and one thing I see missed a lot is like your cell phone. You're probably using your cell phone for business, a portion of it, you know, so try to estimate that portion. If it's, you know, 50% personal, 50% business, you can deduct that okay. too. Wow. These are some good little, little nuggets. I, I mean, I'm just like, whoa, um, my husband does all of our taxes and I do, I, but I write out all the expenses. I write all of these things out and I never even thought, I never even thought of some of those things. Some of it is is great though, like you know, you, you the it's so easy to think of the physical products, like you said. But even I, I don't think I even mm-hmm. caught all of the 
the websites that I use, that all the memberships that I use, or like a training course. Like if I go to sharpen my skills and I take a training course, oh yeah, yeah it's like Absolutely. it gets, but like you keep, you got kind of kept keep track as you go because there are so many different things you'll forget about them. Mm-hmm. Do you have suggestions on how to do that? Like how should we be keeping track of deductions? Yeah, um, you know when somebody is first starting a business. Honestly, QuickBooks might be a little bit yes, too much agreed. for what they need. You, you, It's kind of best to keep it simple. Um, honestly, like in a spreadsheet of keeping a list of your expenses and your income and whether that's like a template, like one that I have where it has it, you know, mapped out for you and it calculates your profit oh, for nice. you. Um, or if it's something that you create. Yeah, you spreadsheet um, and I like, I like shuddered. So that if you've got one that'll do the, do it, that's perfection. Yeah, we'll call it a template. Okay. Yeah, I think that that's extremely helpful. Yeah, because I'm sitting, I'm sitting here thinking I, I have to open up an Excel spreadsheet and put. Okay, so right, that's not a template. Sounds good. Okay, and that because like it used to be you would like write it down in a little book, right? Or maybe you get like a mileage book for that piece, and then you bring it in later. Or how do you do that? Yeah, so mileage. There are a few options. There are apps you can oh, use. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> and um, part of the the small biz starter kit is the one that I have with the template for the profit and loss worksheet, and it also has a mileage tracker too. And that, honestly, that's what I use for my own business. So I just it's a Google Sheets thing that you can you know access on your phone or your computer and just kind of plug in where you're leaving from, where you're going, how many miles, and it just tallies it throughout the year and it even tells you like this is your uh, mileage reduction for the year. So you can watch that number grow you know, as the year goes by, which that is, is fun. super. So I just have to remember to do it. I just have to remember to, to calculate it like uh, a yeah. start and finish. That's so nice because if I get out of that car and I don't write, you know, like mark something down, it's just never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you sit in the car and you're going to the store like, okay, this is a business trip. Just, you know, type it in and log it. Hey, hey, you guys coming in hot with a pro tip. Are you ready? Do you use special fonts, graphics, SVGs, or other digital goods to create your products or run your Etsy business, you need Creative Fabrica. So for years in my shop, I walked that fine line of either using stock fonts and graphics that were right there on Canva, and I had a ton of trouble differentiating myself because let's be honest, everyone else was using them too. Or I had to go invest a ton of money, sometimes hundreds of dollars, to buy them direct from a designer so I could create something extra unique and stunning, right? And don't even get me started about the whole factor of making sure I had a, a commercial use license so that I could use it for business. It was a whole a whole nother expense and hassle, to be honest with you. Um, but I have since found a better way, and I'm letting you in on the secret, okay? Enter Creative Fabrica. You guys, getting a membership to Creative Fabrica has been a game changer for me, okay? I've literally saved thousands of dollars. I'm able to create faster because I no longer have to scour the internet for what I need. It's very convenient. Not to mention, I don't have to wait for my budget to allow for a new digital asset before I can create something new. I have this membership. I can just access it whenever I want. So what is it? Creative Fabrica is a website where you can access unlimited digital goods for just $9.99 a month, like $9.99. This uh, my jaw drops because this is this is an insane deal, because everything comes with a commercial license as well, which means you're allowed to use them legally for profit, and and I, I have to chuckle because this is this is less than I used to pay for just one font before y'all, <laughs> like nine dollars and ninety nine cents for access. Okay, they have over six million 
fonts, graphics, and other digital resources that you will have full access to at any time. It's essentially like, like, to be honest, this is like the top Etsy seller's best kept secret that you are now privy to. <laughs> Welcome to the family. Did I mention you belong here? You belong here. Um, and on top of that, Creative Fabrica, so they discovered this podcast. They reached out to me. And they were like, Lizzie, I, we want to offer your audience like a special, a special little perk. I'm just like, well, we love that. Tell us what it is. So now you guys can get one month free. You can get a free trial for up to 10 downloads and you can test drive it and see if it's a good fit for you. Like I, I literally pay my own membership. I love it. So if nothing else, like take a free trial, stock up on some fresh stuff for free. Thank you, Creative Fabrica. And if you love the service as much as I do, it's just $9.99 per month to keep it going. And you can also um, cancel at any time. No questions asked. I love that. I love it when they do that. So if you want to jump in on the sweet deal, just go to howtosellyourstuff.com forward slash creative. Again, that's howtosellyourstuff.com forward slash creative. And you can grab that free trial. I'm so excited, you guys, to share this with you because oh, this is like one of those pieces to the puzzle that can just change everything. It can just up the whole game. So just like, let me know how it goes. Okay. The next thing I want to touch on, which again, it just makes me cringe. Um, but it's really important. The quarterly taxes uh, that, that, and you're going to have to explain mm-hmm. what that means because uh, you don't want me doing it. Um, talking a bit about like submitting them because small business owners, like you don't just get to submit everything once a year. So guys, Listen, up. if you if you were like distracted or you're multitasking, listen now, because this is going to be really important. Sarah, tell us what quarterly taxes are and like, what do we need to know about them? What, you know, when do we need to submit them? I can't even talk about it. See, I can't even articulate the sentence. Go ahead, please. Yeah, no, that was a perfect question. Um, so the high level way to think about this is when you are employed, um, like let's say with a full-time or part-time job and you're getting a paycheck every month or every couple of weeks there's withholding taken out of that paycheck. So that money is going straight from the employer to the IRS. You're not even seeing it, right? And it's happening like evenly throughout the year. When you're self-employed, you have to pay those self-employed taxes, but now it's all for you to figure out and for you to send in. And rather than just send it all April 15th, the IRS still wants those taxes throughout the entire year. So that's why they've created this quarterly tax schedule. Um, so the, the payment dates are January, April, June, and September, which doesn't quite line up with the quarters, but that's when they are. <laughs> I know. Um, and so the, the process is to calculate, you know, a certain percentage of your profit. And um, on my tool, I even have like a number where you can plug in like 25% and then it'll tell you each month, like, hey, here's 25% of your profit. You might want to set this aside this month so that it's ready to go for your next quarterly tax payment. And of course, that's something that your you know, tax preparer can calculate more specifically for you because there's a lot more that goes into your entire tax situation than your profit. But it's a good starting point to, you know, every time you do your bookkeeping, look at that profit number and set aside about 20 to 30 percent, depending on your situation. Um, and I always recommend, you know, setting aside that money in a high yield savings account, just a totally separate account where it's a pain in the butt to access that money. So it's out of your, you know, eyesight and it's just there ready to go. And you're not hit with any surprises in April or whenever you're filing your taxes. So, okay. Do you, do you have to start this right away? Is there a certain income level where you're required to do it? Um, Yeah, there is a certain 
income level. I don't know it off the top of my head, but um, but the point is, the person who hasn't yeah, made any money yet doesn't necessarily doesn't need to be worrying about this. There's right. we can we can look that up and put it in the yeah. show notes. I know I kind of went off script there, but I got mm-hmm. I was just like my brain got confused. Like, wait, the person who's brand new or hasn't even started yet is going to be like, I have to do what? And I'm thinking, no, I think there's like you don't have mm-hmm. to until a certain point, and then um, where do you say you just keep it in the savings account or do you you actually pay four times a year? Mm-hmm. Pay four times a year. Okay. And also back to your other, your um, previous question about the income amount, it is based on profit. And so, you know, that's taking your revenue and then subtracting out your costs. And then that's the number that okay. you're taking, you know, that calculation for. So if you're not even making like a huge amount of profit yet, even if you're making it like more revenue, but your expenses are eating some of that away, you know, that might delay too when you need to start paying it. But yeah, as far as when you actually give it to the IRS, those are those months I, I mentioned, January, April, June, September. Um, and you can make those payments online through, you know, the IRS.gov website. Okay. They have like a payment or you can mail them in. You can mail check. Okay. You know, that too. was my next question. I'm like, um, where do we yeah, even that's... go? Like, I don't even, this is so, yeah. I don't even know what to do. I, my husband handles it, guys. I promise I'm not like non-compliant. I just don't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you just go to the website. That's awesome. Okay. Okay. I'm next, next little bite is you have to take this little bites at a time. Um, (laughs) Do you have an opinion about like, uh, you know, TurboTax for those of us who are probably too small to be hiring someone yet, the do it yourselfers? um, Mm. You know, what do you think are the pros and cons of something like that? Yeah, I think TurboTax and those kind of like do it yourself options, those softwares are a great option for those just getting started. I've just used it myself, had a great experience, you know? Um, I think that when, might be the time to upgrade or like outsource it to somebody who can help you is when um, the taxes are getting a little bit bigger, your rev, you know, your profits getting a little bit bigger and you do have to pay a little bit more attention to the estimated taxes, calculating those. And, um, and also when you want to kind of move into the tax planning sphere more than just rather than just like filing your tax return, but actually looking in advance and like, what are some strategies I can take? Um, you know, there are, are strategies based on like when you purchase assets or something like different things you could adjust the timing for, whether you want to save on taxes or save on your income. Okay. You know, there's I, just, I just see you simplifying this. Like your, your brain is trying to make this easier for us right now. I want to acknowledge that, Sarah. Thank you. Cause I can see you trying to make it like, okay, I can't use that word with Lizzie. She's not going to know. I just, I just needed to say thank you right there. That is amazing. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of tracking a little bit. Um, now here's a big one that I, I, we do it. Like, what are your thoughts about tax extensions? So like we typically do the postponement where we like do the little filing thing up, up for April 15th, but then we don't do all of it until October. It just works better with like our, how our family year goes. We've got more time Anyway, I, I just want to know, mm-hmm. um, um, do you think they're good, bad, neutral? Like someone told me once, like, don't do that. You're more likely to get audited. I'm just curious if you have an opinion. Yeah, um, it's very common to it file is. an extension. Oh, okay. um, I, don't I thought I was think, like the bad girl. Yeah, I don't think it's a red flag that I've seen. Um, yeah, it's very common. Um, a lot of times, you know, in public accounting, like um, the more complicated tax situations, like it, business returns can be extended too. And so if they're waiting on their information return from a, a flow through business that they're invested in or something like there's a huh. lot of reasons why people extend. Um, but, you know, just from, keep in mind that 
it's an extension of time to file, but not an extension of time to pay. So the tax is still due April 15th. And of course, at that point, usually it's an estimate of how much you might owe. <laughs> and, you know, it'll be either refunded or you'll owe more in October. So um, just keep that in mind. Oh, I hate the idea of them holding, like making interest on my money in the interim. If it's going to, it's annoying. I know, I know. Okay. Okay. So while we're on Etsy, in the United States at least, um, they pay our sales tax for us, which is... Oh, a dream. Um, but once we start our own website and there are a lot of my listeners who do both that becomes like sales tax becomes our problem, like whether we subscribe to a service or what, but so what do you think we need to know about that to make sure we're doing the right thing? Yeah. So I do have a whole podcast episode oh, on this too. So which yeah. we can link if you want for more information. For sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that kind of, I, I'll hit the high level basics of sales tax. So it is a consumption tax. So think about the end user who is purchasing the product, which makes sense, right? Because if they want to get the most um, tax, they would tax the highest price. So it's not going to tax the wholesale price. It's going to tax the retail price, right? So the end user. And so based on that, it's where the end user lives. And of course, this has gotten much more complicated with the um, incredible growth of online business and e-commerce, right? Because it used to be like, if your store was in, um, you know, Dallas, yes. Texas, people would come to your store and they would purchase it in Dallas, Texas. So you know yeah. exactly the sales tax rate, that was so which nice. of course varies by yeah. state. And I think it was like, there wasn't any online yeah, at the yeah, time yeah. in Texas. Like that was a newer thing. I remember when that changed and we all lost our marbles. Yes, yes, yes. Um so yeah, now it's it's much more complicated. Every state has their own um, tax rates. Everything, every state has their own rules on exactly what is taxable and what isn't taxable. Digital products are a big one that is, you know, under um, scrutiny, I guess, under like changing a lot. A lot of states are kind of looking into digital products more and more and more states are considering them taxable for sales tax. One thing I will say to... Um, to watch out for when you are starting your, if you start your own website and are needing to handle sales tax by yourself is really, really pay attention to the settings when you're setting up that site, because it, sometimes it's just a check of a box that says, start collecting sales tax from all of my customers, you know, like in whatever state they're in. And you don't want to start doing that until you've hit those thresholds. So there's economic thresholds and nexus thresholds, which or economic nexus and physical nexus. So economic nexus is um, when you have hit a certain number of dollars in sales or number of sales transactions. And again, every state is different and I'm not a sales tax expert, but like a common threshold would be like $100,000 or 200 sales transactions just to give you some sort of like big picture ballpark. Um, physical nexus would be if you have like an employee there or um, a location there or something like that. So um, yeah, check, be very careful when you're setting up your website and make sure that, you know, you're complying with sales tax on where you need to collect it um, and consult a professional. That's all yeah, no, that that's, that's important to say because like you can't, that's, that's not something you can be general on about, you know, mm -hmm. that's like and if you collect it, if you collect it, um, let's say from California customers Technically, that's money that you owe to the California, you know, state revenue department. Um, it's not like income to you. It's like you're collecting it from your customers in order to remit it to the state. And so if you accidentally are collecting something that you don't mean to be, you know, it might put you in a, in a difficult situation. Okay. So if, 
if we have our mm-hmm. own website in addition to Etsy and we need to deal with this, and again, it's not like we're, you know, at the point where we're really bringing in a professional, are, are there services that you can pay for that like connect to your backend payment processing that'll take care of it for you? They'll like collect it and pay it out? Yes. And actually, as you mentioned that, that's another really good point is if you have Etsy and another store, those um, Nexus are cumulative. So you might not reach the threshold just on Etsy, but you might after adding in this other store. And it's harder to track, right? Because you'd have to add everything together. So yeah, there are a couple of services that I know of off the top of my head, Quaderno, Taxdome. Those are platforms where you can link all of your sales channels together and it'll look big picture at okay, she's hit 150 transactions over here and 50 over here. And maybe that meets a threshold for a certain state that needs to start filing for. So that all needs to be automated for sure. Like I cannot be using scratch paper and trying to figure that mess out. No. (laughs) Right. Okay. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on the S corp election, um, which, well, first of all, can you please Mm -hmm. explain what it is and then maybe give us some of your advice on when we should be taking it? Yeah. So I'll start with the second part because I think that will be an easier answer. So when to start looking into it is when you are profiting at least around $50,000 a year. That's when you can start like running the numbers and seeing, would this make sense for me? That's kind of the level I've seen where it can save money on taxes. So the S-Corp election um, is an election you make with the IRS to tax your entity as an S-Corporation. And... um, Basically, what that means is, so you have to already have an LLC in order to make this election. And it doesn't actually change like the state structure of your business. It just taxes it differently. And um, the way that it saves money is actually on payroll taxes. So when you make the S-Corp election, you actually become an employee owner of your business. So you have to put yourself on payroll And with that, you have to set a reasonable compensation. And um, the reason is because um, then the payroll or the self-employment taxes are only based on your salary rather than the entire profit as it was of your single member LLC. So if you're, let's say, I'll give you some numbers. Um, Let's say your profit was $100,000 on a single member LLC. You make the S-Corp election and you say, okay, well, my reasonable salary is only $50,000 a year. And of course, there's a lot that goes into that calculation. So that's something you'll need to consult, you know, professional with to get your reasonable compensation, your salary. So then you're only paying self-employment taxes, which is 15.3% on the $50,000 rather than the $100,000. So you can see how that would make some tax savings. Um, Yes. And of course, there are, you know, things to take into account when you're running the math and seeing if it'll save you money. Um, Of course, the cost of payroll, whether you're, you know, I wouldn't recommend doing it yourself, but whatever payroll service you're using, <laughs> I don't even like doing uh-huh. payroll myself. I would like using a service. Um, the it is a separate tax return. So as a single member LLC, it's um, on your Schedule C of your 1040 is where you report your business income. You make the S corp election. There's a form 1120S. So it's a completely separate tax return that then flows into your. 1040. I'm, I, I definitely like had to stop listing at some point, but that's okay. Cause I don't, that's, that was amazing. And somebody needed that for sure. So that the blank look on my face is I'm still, you know, three sentences back trying to figure out what you said that. Oh, that, I know. Yeah. There, there's a lot to that. that I know. <laughs> you know what? You were brilliant choosing to start the answer with, let me just tell you when you even need it so that you can stop. Listening. Yeah. 
if you even have to listen to this. <laughs> or like, or like, if you already have a tax professional, you can stop listening right now because you'll want to. Um, yeah. Well, and that's for, actually, I really would like to know what you think. When is the right time to hire with taxes? And I know we touched on this a little bit, but I, I think maybe going a little deeper would help. Like, how do we know when we need a professional to be filing for us? Is it, is it an income level? Um, no, I definitely, if you're at that level of thinking of making the escort collection, and definitely if you have made the escort collection, hire oh, it that's out. Good. That's good advice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you are still a single member, either a sole proprietor or a single member LLC, and your income and expenses are pretty um, manageable in that like tax season isn't a big surprise, then you're probably okay doing it for your, by yourself for a while. If there's one year where you're like, wow, this was way different than what I expected for whatever reason, then it might be a good idea to hire somebody who can kind of keep an eye on where things are and kind of just allow you to be more prepared and making sure that estimated taxes are being sent in. So you're not hit with any penalties on that. You know what? And this isn't even on our talking points, but I think it's a really easy and helpful thing to answer. What are the things that a professional does for you? Cause you just kind of said some things. I was like, Oh, I thought that Great was question. my problem. So like, I mean, cause I was just thought, Oh, you just, I give you all of the stuff and then you mm-hmm. file for me. So I don't have to deal with, but it sounds like it's, a, it's more than that. Yeah, so it definitely depends on who you're working with. And this is, I guess I'll call this questions to ask a tax preparer before you start working with them. Um, Ask them, do you just file my return once a year and that's the only time I hear from you? Or are there meetings throughout the year? Um, Do you help me with tax planning or do you just do the purely like I file your taxes and then I'm done with you kind of thing? Um, You know, ask how much communication you have with them, whether it's like, unlimited email access. Like there are, there are kind of two different camps of how tax preparers go about their business. There's, um, <laughs> that, that was a weird. No, uh, I love it. that. I'm like, now you've got my attention. Let's, let's call it two different, models. <laughs> <laughs> two different business models. <laughs> um, kind of the tax prep, more traditional model is, um, you know, you send in your information, they plug it all in, they file your tax return and then they send you a bill, right? So you don't know really like how much money they're going to charge you. Like it should be similar than last year. But, you know, if you, I don't know, have a lot of different unique tax circumstances, it might be double the amount because it took them twice as long to prepare it, you know, and that doesn't necessarily add any more value to you. It's just how long they took to actually get your tax return done. And then the other business model, I guess I would say, or level of support would be kind of a monthly retainer is what I've seen where, um, you know, it's a certain amount like payment per month, like a subscription model. And with that, you have unlimited communication, which I love because as somebody who has worked in both models, preparing taxes in both, when you're billed hourly, sometimes the clients, you know, don't feel like picking up the phone because they don't want to add to their bill, right? But then, you know, different decisions they're making in their lives can have big impacts on their tax uh, situation. And so the more the CPA can get involved and advise with those and educate with those, the better it is for everybody, in my opinion. Um, so, and then along with those, um, you know, unlimited communication, a lot of times you have like meetings. So either like twice a year or, or quarterly meetings and kind of checking in on where everything is at with the business and the tax situation and, um, you know, any planning opportunities there are too. That, that really helps. Cause I like the idea of, 
of kind of being coached through it, you know, throughout the, not that I have to sort of figure it out and then throw, throw the person all the paperwork, but like kind of having it be an ongoing education thing. That sounds, that sounds really nice, especially for a newer entrepreneur, you know, someone who's just like kind of maybe thought it was going to go slower and all of a sudden their business sort of took off and it's just like, I don't know what I, you know, I can't manage all this and I don't know. So that's really helpful. Um, well, let's talk about your resources and services. Like I know you specialize in creative entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and all that, like what, how could you help and support us? What, what's available? Yeah. So, um, our bread and butter is actually bookkeeping. That's what we love to serve clients with. Um, we have our done for you monthly bookkeeping, which is kind of our main service. And um, with that is, um, of course, I'm in communication because I'm big I on that. I love that. <laughs> and um, we also, so we, you know, prepare their bookkeeping for all the clients and then we deliver them um, each month. And with, of course, like I, when I started this, I kind of looked at it from the client perspective and, you know, again, putting my, on my creative person hat. And I was like, if I'm just sent, you know, a spreadsheet or a PDF, you know, profit and loss statement or balance sheet, like, honestly, what I really look at, like I would because I'm an accountant too, but a lot of people are going to see a profit and loss statement and be like, okay, you literally, know? <laughs> you're talking to her. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, that's nice. I didn't get anything from that, but I, I'm, I'm glad to know it's done, you know? <laughs> Um, and so we send out visual metric reports to monthly to all of our clients. And basically we're just taking that data, all the data that you're going to care about and plugging it into charts and graphs. So you can see your profit over time. Um, so you can see your profit margin, which by the way, this is for anybody. This is a really good metric to track. It's your revenue, your net revenue, sorry, your profit divided by your revenue. And that tells you how many cents per dollar of revenue that you're keeping as profit. So if you have a hundred thousand dollar revenue, $50,000 profit, that's a 50% profit margin. So you're keeping 50 cents of every dollar that's coming in. So that's a a fun one to track month to month and kind of see where it's going up and down. Um, I digress. So the, yeah, we, we give them lots of charts and graphs just to kind of make that data more digestible. We love that. Informative. So do we, is there like a linked (laughs) system where like we're just entering in data and it's coming to you automatically or are we sending you bulk stuff like however often... Um, so we actually get as much access as we can. So we don't have to bug you for anything. Wow. We get read only access to your bank accounts. So we can just go in and pull them and reconcile them each month um, and basically do all your bookkeeping. And we usually just have a handful of transactions that we're like, hey, what is this? <laughs> We've never seen this. Is this business? Is this personal? Like, what is it? Um, you know, and the client sends that right back and uh, we just deliver all wow. of that. And then you, but you, you have more than that, right? Like I know you have a website with other services mm-hmm. that can help, you know, someone like me who's not, maybe not quite ready for a tax professional, but like definitely needs some of those supporting documents. Um, what else can we yes. get from you? Yeah. So um, as we were talking about deductions, um, I mentioned a few of them, but I do have my write-off worksheet that has 20 plus uh, common tax deductions and some not so common ones. And it's a great checklist where as you're, you know, it's February right now, as you're gathering your tax documents, you can refer to that and say, oh, I didn't think about that. I should look into that. And also, and if you do already have a tax preparer, it's a great conversation starter and say like, hey, so what do I need to give you for this mileage deduction? You know, and, and if you don't have it yet, that's okay. You can start today and track it so that you have it for next year. Um, so that's a free worksheet oh, that free. I have. That we'll oh, link. awesome. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the small biz starter kit is that template I was talking about that has the profit and loss workbook okay. template, um, does all the math for you. And then it has the mileage. Oh, wow. Well. Okay. So we've got, we've got the, the free, 
like here's a check here's the deduction checklist to check mm-hmm. we've got the the one that will do the, the math for us i'm just going to call it and then and then mm-hmm. you can actually we yeah. can hire your your company personally to help us to be our personal accountant mm-hmm. basically okay. right all right yep. guys i will link all of that because some of us need to jump on that like right away um and as far as like keeping in touch with you, do you, are you on social media? Like, are you, are there ways that we can interact with you? So yeah, I'm on Instagram and then um, I do have my podcast called Profits Affogato, where we talk all about um, bookkeeping and accounting things that small business owners need to know. And we interview other business owners, which um, that podcast is on a pause right now. It's probably coming back this summer, but there are about 30 fantastic episodes for you to listen to. That is too. amazing that there's so much more. I love, I love a good podcast. Okay. I'm throwing, I'm, I'm throwing another question at you, but it's going to be easy because we should have really done this up front. Can we, can you please tell us where the name Marish came from? Because it's like one of my favorite things about you. Yes, I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Also, I was so, um, it was so special to me that when we first connected, you're like, first of all, I love your business name and I know exactly what it means. So it is a horse term for people who are not, you know, equestrians, I guess. Um, but a mare is a female horse. And um, I grew up riding horses. And when a mare was acting like kind of bratty, like pinning her ears or swishing her tail, you know, at another horse or something, just getting irritated. So many be like, oh, she's acting marish, which basically was like moody and hormonal. And so I was like, well, that sounds a whole lot like corporate America where you can't have any emotions as a woman. So I'm taking it and respinning it as um, emotions are okay. They're good. Um, they're part of life and we can be in business and be emotional. And be feisty about accounting. <laughs> be feisty. I love that. It endeared that. me yeah. to you so much. I'm like, all right, this girl is a funny. I need to know more. <laughs> okay. That was the perfect little, um, little finale there. I, thank you so much, Sarah. I, I apologize for being a hot mess um, through all of this, but you have been lovely and very tolerant and very much proven that you are great for the creative entrepreneur. So thank you for everything you shared. Thank you for um, becoming my friend. Thank you for uh, just for, for being here today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. <laughs> awesome. You guys, thank you for listening in. Um, I would love your feedback on this episode, just like all others. Jump on to Sarah's resources. And in the meantime, go make something awesome. I'll see you next time. Hey guys, quick little after party message here. If you're at a stage in your business where you need to up your bookkeeping game, Sarah's Small Biz Starter Kit is a great resource that will help keep things a lot more simple for you than taking the leap into something as complicated like QuickBooks if you're not quite ready for that. So if you decide to grab that Small Biz Starter Kit with Mileage Tracker, just go to marishbooks.com forward slash kit and use my code Lizzie30, L-I-Z-Z-I-E 30 for 30% off. And again, that's marishbooks. M-A-R-E-I-S-H books.com forward slash kit and use code Lizzie30 for 30% off. Just don't forget, it's L-I-Z-Z-I-E. It's not with the Y. And as always, all of that is in the show notes for you. Just wanted to make sure I put in a little plug about that discount in case some of you need that resource. I want you to get the, the deal. I love you guys. Talk to you soon. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, 
courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.